We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Thursday edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast, the NFC Championship Game Edition. I am Steve Perhatch. I'm joined, as always, by Dusty Evely and Sarah Kelleher. Uh, Dusty has made the trek back from Lambeau Field. Sarah's sitting in warm Florida, and I'm in cold Milwaukee. So, uh, guys, make me feel better about myself because I'm freezing my ass off. How are you guys doing? It was pretty cold. It was like 40 degrees here, Steve. <laughs> yeah, I'm Doing breaking good. out my sweatshirt tomorrow in this 78 degree weather. It's just so cold and awful in Florida. But no, actually, I'm great, Steve. The weather's really nice. I'm sorry, you're hold not. Hold on, hold on. You though. wear a sweatshirt when it's no, 78 degrees that out? That's a complete joke. No, Ugh, I do not wear a sweatshirt. You. I am not a psychopath. <laughs> um, Millennials are ruining the world. <laughs> so, no, I think when it dips to like when it dips, you know, for us Floridians, like 70, to the 60s, when it's 70 degrees. Then I whip out like my light jacket. Um, but yes, it is not cold nor snowing in Florida right now. <laughs> and yes, I'm sitting here and there's snow on the ground. It's supposed to be about in the teens tomorrow. So that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but Dusty, mm. you made a epic venture from Kentucky to Lambeau and back for the game. So, uh, why don't you give the people a little bit of recap uh, how it all went? It went great, man. Uh, about halfway through my trip up, uh, it, it snowed uncontrollably, sideways snow. I saw two plows for the last four to six hours of my drive. 
Uh, it took me way longer to get to my destination, but I got there safely, and my destination was Steve's house. Woo! Steve's house. So I got to hang out with Steve. Woo! Got to hang out with Steve's lovely family, uh, which was amazing. Let me crash on his floor uh, right behind where he's recording this right now, um, which is fun and not weird. I, not I think. floor. You had an air mattress. It, it was. was it was an air mattress, and all I had to do was flip a switch, and it and it inflated like some Inspector Gadget stuff, <laughs> which was super exciting. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then and then drove up the next day to the game. Uh, I got to meet man, got to meet so many people that I feel like I've known for forever. I mean, I met up with uh, with Maggie Loney again, who records the Wednesday edition, uh, and she's her and her husband Mark are amazing. Finally, got to meet our fearless leader Andy Herman. First time I got to meet Andy. I met rival Peter Bukowski. I met uh, I met oh, I met Sandro, German listener Sandro. I know Steve, you also got a chance to meet him, um, him and his buddies, which was amazing. Uh, Andrew Mertig, Jersey Al. Uh, I mean, just just it, just an incredible group of people again that I feel like I've known forever. I uh, got to go to the game uh, with my buddy uh, buddy John Kelly, which was awesome. And then uh, then after the game, I went and crashed at uh, Andrew's house, uh, and it was snowing. It took me forever to get to his house, uh, but we got to watch the second half of the game, or we watched the second half of the game together, which was awesome. Um, you always notice more that second time around. So yeah, and then I uh, kind of. Hit hit uh, hit a Goodwill in a liquor store on my way back home, and uh, and all in all, man, I mean it was my first uh, first trip to Lambo for a divisional game or for a playoff game, and just it, you hear the electricity is different, and I don't know, yeah, I, I have a hard time really knowing what that's like until you're there, but the buzz around the stadium was it really was just different, man. I mean the energy was up. I saw lots of Seahawks fans, not not a ton, but quite a few, and a lot of them in throwback garb, which I kind of liked, but everyone was just kind of you know kind of use an old person term you all brazen each other but having a really good time with it i mean no one's no one's mean or nasty but there's just there's just an energy you know we watched some of the the kc game over at stadium view uh and the buzz was just uh, buzz building up to the game was just incredible so the whole experience the whole experience was just amazing um i was sad to have to leave i mean walking around it didn't really snow during the game um, but I hung out around Lambo for you know an hour or two after the game, waiting for the traffic to die down. And the snow's coming down. The snow's sitting on the statues of of Curly Lambo and uh, and uh, Vince Lombardi out there. And it just just something something about it, man. We just seen a divisional round game and snows everywhere. Uh, great trip. I wish wish I could go back. I wish the championship game was being played there, and it's not. Uh, yeah, all in all, just an absolutely incredible trip. I thought it was so cool just seeing everyone's tweets and posts about it because it really is just so crazy how all so many of us have connected and so many people have now have met in real life through just our love and joy of talking about the Packers, writing about the Packers and everything like that. So I was especially excited, Dusty, just to hear about the experience because I thought it was just the coolest thing ever. And just because a few people went out of their way, like – Andy and you know Aaron and Corey and Jersey Al to just be like hey let's bring together a group of people that are really passionate about this and you know like let them discuss let's see how it goes and those that group of people has brought together so many people from all over and I just think that's one of the coolest things this little community that's now been formed I mean seeing people from out of the country come with Sandro and just everything and people connecting like that. I just think that's the coolest thing ever. So that was I, one of the coolest things was talking to Sandro. Cause we had talked about our German listener um, and how weird that is, but, but talking to him and, and I've been on the other side of that before, you know, not, not that we are any way, shape or form famous. I certainly don't feel that way, <laughs> but I've been on that side where like there's podcasts I love and I've got a chance to meet those people. And I always feel like I'm talking 
uh, to someone, I, I feel a little awkward because I always feel like I feel like I know their life and they don't they don't really know me. Um, you feel like you're talking to a celebrity because you listen to that person, you know that you feel like you know that person, you've been following them. Um, so to be on the other side of that, uh, it it really wasn't it really wasn't weird. I thought that might be a little weird, but it was. He was talking to me like uh, like we were old friends, and it felt like we were old friends. Um, it was just just being able to do that with again, like you said, now the country listener uh, was incredible. And, and again, I mean, I got to you know staying with Steve and. Uh, I felt like felt like the middle of an Oreo, you know. I got to I got to hang out with Maggie, who is the Wednesday edition, and I got to hang out with Andrew, who's the Friday edition. And there's old Dusty, just the middle of the Oreo sandwich, just on Thursday. Uh, so yeah, the whole thing was just the whole thing was just amazing. Um, and you're right, Sarah. Just all the people. I wouldn't know any of these people if not for this. Um, so that was kind of amazing. Kind of amazing. Well, let's uh, let's have a little fun and talk a little bit about the game as well, because. Um... Honestly, to me, it felt like pretty much in a, a very regular Packers game of let's jump out to a lead, let's let's you know let it slip away, we'll get another touchdown, we'll come right back, and we'll, we'll get make it close, make everybody sweat and have heart attacks, and um, I don't know. To me, it was a fun game. I thought the offense uh, did a lot of good things to build on for the 49ers game. But Sarah, what did you see? What did you like from the game? What were some of the things that you took away? I mean, I love Devontae Adams. I mean, just he he played phenomenal. And I think he's really cementing himself as someone who in big games they can turn to always. And I think just seeing him perform the way he did, I mean, those routes that he ran were disgusting. They were just incredible. I'm sure Dusty was crying watching that in person. <laughs> but it just watch that was my takeaway was just he is I mean, everyone knows he's already the guy, but like, wow, like he is going to be the guy that can change things for the Packers. And that's going to make those plays hopefully this week again. And um, I think I saw a little more confidence and I don't want to say better decision making, but there was a little more confidence, I believe, with Aaron Rodgers and what um, compared to what we had seen in the past couple of weeks, he looked a lot more confident in the decisions he was making. It looked like him and the staff were on a little bit of a better page of what they were trying to do. Um, I know the like mic'd up uh, video came out the other day and after hmm. the Devontae Adams uh, touchdown where he burned the guy and then he burned him again and then he scored. Um, Aaron Rodgers like went right up to coach and was like, oh, that was a great call, kid. And I, I just that. thought that was the coolest <laughs> thing. Um, so just seeing that and that confidence, I really, really hope that all of that carries in to this week and that we see that again. And I just, I mean, like you said, it was a typical game for them where they can never make it easy for themselves, but they still found a way to do it, whether it was pretty or not. Dusty, what did you see uh, while you were at the game? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I was in one of the end zones. I was actually lucky enough I was sitting above – the end zone where Devonte scored both of his touchdowns, which was uh, which was amazing. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I mean you could you could see that you could see some of that stuff coming from a mile away. Uh, that that first, I mean, you see that first cut, and both of them, uh, both of them was just incredible uh, to watch. And Devonte was on one. Uh, Jimmy Graham had some really amazing catches. Rogers, Rogers downfield throwing. I don't have the stat in front of me, so I can't remember how many he attempted. Uh, I know he was 100% completion rate on throws over 10 yards, uh, which I think is is amazing coming off the last game we saw them where he was chucking it downfield and missing everything in sight uh, against the Lions in Week 17. Uh, so to have that accuracy. But, I mean, really, I mean, my big takeaway uh, from watching it, watching it live and then again kind of, you know, going through the film a little bit more with the passing stuff, Matt LaFleur was really, really, truly on one, man. Like – 
he was he the stuff he was dialing up. It's kind of what we had hoped. It was the stuff that looked an awful lot like stuff we'd seen during the season with just enough of a wrinkle. And I've got some of that stuff writing coming out um, this week. You know, some of it's already out and some of it's coming out this week. But some of it, I mean, even just something as small as Devontae Adams had a couple uh, couple routes that he ran that they hit him on that traditionally all through the season have been tight end routes that Devontae hasn't run much of or you haven't seen much of him in that. And they're running, like, just, just something small like that, something that looks exactly the same as they've run with someone lined up slightly different or, you know, that, that slant and uh, the, the, the slant flat sluggo that, that Adam scored on that I actually did a video on that. So that's sitting out there as well. And that's something they've run a thousand times uh, the slant flat. And that's the first time they're in that variation this year. Uh, the other touchdown was something that we saw. They just barely missed a Jimmy Graham. That was kind of that. It looked like a play action bootleg and they kick back on the, kind of where, where Devontae crosses the last time it was uh, Jimmy Graham. So they've run stuff like that before a couple times, and I think they've hit on it once and missed on it once. But a whole bunch of stuff like that. Like everything that, if you're watching, like it doesn't look that different, but it's just different enough to to really open some stuff up. And he really called, I think, just an absolutely incredible game and then just backed up with with, with really great execution and and Rodgers just, just looking like Rodgers. So, I mean, it it. Just, they were kind of firing all over the place. I think the pass rush, um, the pass rush was incredible. I think, uh, I think they they pressured Wilson on over fifty percent of his dropbacks, but Wilson's just really really slippery, and so they didn't get the sacks, but they were on him all day, and then just basically forcing him to try to make it up with his legs because they weren't giving him anything downfield. Just all across the board, great plan. Um, just an incredible game to watch, man. Just just all the all the credit in the world to the floor uh, for getting those guys ready and just having it a tremendous game plan. For those of you who don't know, Dusty was uh, living the sweet life. That's right. Uh, and he was actually in a enclosed area for the game. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you started saying that you were in the end zone with um, where, where Devontae scored both of his touchdowns, I, I started laughing and I, I tried to cover it up as much as humanly possible because the only thing I had in my head as the image was uh, Chunk from Goonies when he sees the car chase and he puts his milkshake up against the glass and it sprays everywhere. Now, I'm not trying to say that you're fat or you're Chunk or anything like that, but I it's, just it's, I, it's, it's it, it pictured you getting super excited about a Devontae Adams touchdown and like smacking a beer up against the glass. It was, it was a bratwurst, but real close to you. <laughs> real, real close. <laughs> see, I, we know each other. I got you. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> okay so it's wednesday when we're recording this that means the first um injury report has come out for the packers and the 49ers some actually decent information got leaked out today so geronimo allison it looks like that that bug is still going around the packers locker room and he is out with an illness so he was a uh, did not participate Outside of that, Ryan Grant had a personal reason for not participation and then a couple of veteran dress. So Bulaga was veteran dressed, Jimmy Graham, veteran dressed, Mercedes Lewis, and Tremont Williams. So all the old guys, they gave them some some rest for that and then some limited participation pretty much for everybody else. So, I mean, going into this game, these, these guys are as healthy as they've been pretty much all year long. Like there's nicks and knacks and stuff, but that's to be expected at this point in the year. Um, I mean, what do you think they do with Geronimo Allison? Do they like go get him a hotel room somewhere like, uh, you know, like in Madison and put him over there until he's like completely clear and be like, all right, once you're cleared by a doctor, you're allowed to come back to the facility. But 
Stick them in a plane right now and, and ship them off to San Francisco. Ah, like, that's we're, a we're, gonna, idea. we're just going to send you out ahead of the team, buddy. You, you, we want you to do some advanced scouting for us. Start coughing on, you know, and like touching every single yeah, uh, we, doorknob possible. And... We got you a play date with George Kittle. You guys, <laughs> uh, you guys just go out, have some fun. <laughs> I think that's the move, Steve. I agree because actually George Kittle is the one who popped up on San Francisco's injury report with an ankle injury and did not participate today. So something to watch for. I mean, I fully expect him to go. It's very similar to Kenny Clark's back where everybody's like, you know, he'll go, but it's just something to watch. Yeah. I mean, if that affects him even 5%, I'm digging it because that man is a beast and I I don't know who's going to be covering him because – I don't know anybody in the league who can cover him right now. Uh, Blake Martinez. I don't know anybody <laughs> in the league who can cover him right now. That's fair. Sarah, you got any jackass comments to follow that one up with? <laughs> no, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Outstanding. All right, well, we're, we're going to keep doing what we do um, and covering the Packers offense versus the current opponent, which is the 49ers defense. Now we've done that previously a couple of like several weeks ago for what was that like week 11 game or something like that so you guys everybody has an idea of what we're going up against what the Packers are going up against they're going up against a great defense um so Sarah why don't you talk a you're, you're talking about a couple of people who got added back to the 49ers defense why don't you clue everybody in on who's back and what that might mean yeah so I mean the last time that the Packers and 49ers played it obviously wasn't a great performance on the Packers especially on the offensive front of things there was just limited productivity with pretty much every aspect of the game and that was with the 40 when the 49ers did not have d ford and quan alexander who are both back and ready to play this weekend so that is a little bit concerning because there's definitely going to be even more pressure than there already was and i know bosa and everybody else was all up in rogers business that whole game so that pressure is definitely going to be intensified. It's going to be there. And that just means that the Packers offensive line really, really, really needs to do work this week. Um, I think if I'm going to be looking at anything, that's where I'm going to be looking is what is the protection for Aaron Rodgers? Like, how are we, you know, blocking downfield too? Or with if we're going to do our pitch play that it seems like we do every single drive almost to Aaron Jones, how are we going to protect him on that? Like we, it, the last time the 49ers and us played there was that did not work. I mean, he would gain maybe one or two yards at the most and he would get stuffed almost every single time. So, you know, what's our, what's the blocking look like? What does the pass protection look like? And that's really the biggest thing. I mean, this is a defense that has performed well all year and now they have two of their best players back in the mix as well. So they're only going to perform, you know, even better and it's in their home stadium. It's for a trip to the Super Bowl. So this is going to, I mean, you have to beat the best to be the best. And this is, you know, one of the best that they're, that they've seen and that they will see. And it'll take a lot, but I think we'll see. That's, that's what I'm going to keep it at. I think we'll see. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I mean, I think we'll see. Okay. That's it. You know, definitely, definitely um, something to look out for Sarah. Good work. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm an ass. What do you want from me? It's not like I don't want to end that. Like I, I don't want to be like I'm so scared because they're really good, but I am scared because they're really good. So there, I said it. Oh, whatever. <laughs> you know, I have nothing to lose at this point. 
Uh, one thing we want I wanted to kind of focus on before we let Dusty go uh, full hog on everybody is the fact that Alex Light was the starting right tackle for the Packers the last time they played. Bulaga is everything he's said in the locker room. It looks like he's a full go for this week. Um, he's ready to go. So that's a big thing. And then the only other thing I wanted to talk to uh, for the offensive line was Bakhtiari had let up I believe it was five or six pressures in that game alone. Uh, so he didn't have a great game. And then since that game, he has allowed five pressures total on Aaron Rodgers. So it's something, it seems like the offensive line got the kick in the ass, maybe that they needed. Uh, maybe they they were feeling really good about themselves and Finally got that kick in the ass, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, maybe we're not quite as good as we thought we were. And this defensive line is really good. So they will have both bookends there. Bakhtiari is playing the best he has all season long. And then the only other thing that I wanted to note, too, is that the Packers did not have Tyler Irvin at that point. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you've seen it. They The offense tries to find one or two plays for him. Um, he's a huge factor in special teams because – I mean, who knows who we had in the back, who the Packers had in the backfield at that point, or the uh, the kick return game, the punt return game at that point. But I mean, he's made a huge, huge impact for them, and that's that's a really big factor. I mean, if, when you're getting negative yardage on every single punt return, and now you have a guy that's giving you ten to twelve yards on a punt return, potentially more. I mean, that's that's that can really swing drives. So I think those those are really big things to look out for. Uh, Dusty, please feel free to make Sarah and I look mediocre while you influence the rest of Packer Nation. Uh, I don't think I'm gonna make you look mediocre. I um, I, I was gonna we and we kind of talked about this a little bit uh, ahead of time that I was gonna kind of dive into the numbers and then it, it kind of it's a um, you know I I didn't get a chance to do a whole lot, but also just they just played it was week twelve they played before also Steve it was, it was uh, Tremont Smith was the punt returner. Ah, the that time. was good. Okay. Um, and, and so we kind of dug you, into You this. can understand why I couldn't remember yeah, who it was. I know, I know. I know. I know. He was supposed to be the guy for two weeks. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so the numbers haven't changed that much, so I could dig in a little bit. I mean, the only thing I'll say is just looking at kind of offense versus defense on based on football outsiders DVOA, the Niners defense was second against the pass and 11th against the rush when the Packers were 11th against the pass and fourth against the rush. Now take that for what you will, because they just absolutely housed the Minnesota Vikings and held them to, I think 2.1 yards per carry with a healthy Delvin cook. So I think they are maybe a little more susceptible versus the rush, but they couldn't get into that in week 12. The Packers couldn't really get into the rush because things snowballed on them real, real quick. So to me, it's not, I mean, at this point, some of this regular season stuff, the stats are, the stats are great. Uh, they can, they can tell you a certain thing, but there's also a bunch of guys, you know, like we talked about that, uh, that the 49ers have now, or that the Packers have now. And, uh, and, and you look at those stats and we just, I already went through all those. And so I'm, I'm not really going to look at those. What I am going to look at is kind of how that game went off the rails. Uh, the last time, uh, and then we'll just we'll just talk about it based on that. So if we look at that first drive, they had eight drive. Packers had eight drives in the first half of that game, which is insane. But it's because some of them super super quick. So the very first drive started off with like I think a uh, Adams or a Jones like two yard run, and then Adams had the quick throw that he got the unnecessary roughness for after gaining 15 yards. That sets him back. So then after that, Rodgers throws deep to MVS, who never sees the ball, misses him. Stuff Jones run. Rogers sack fumble on third. 
Then it's immediately the Niners score the next play. It's immediately seven to nothing. The next drive, Packers next drive, get a couple. They hit a couple things. They hit middle. They're doing okay. Geronimo Allison drops a pass on third and four. The third drive. I'm shocked. I know. Third drive. I think that's the that was like one of the games when you guys started messaging me and you were like, ah, Geronimo Allison. Ah, I hate him. Like I think that's that's roughly the time. And he dropped the one in the, he dropped the one in the end zone this last game, even though technically it wouldn't have counted. He did. He sure he sure did, Steve. Yeah. Um, uh, the third drive. On third and nine, they throw a little wide receiver screen to Jamal Williams, kind of uh, fading out in the slot there, which he drops. Now, a little crowded. Who knows if he gets the first down or not, but you don't know unless you catch the ball, and they had some success throwing in that direction in the game. So it's a possibility, but he drops the ball on third and nine. They punt. That next drive, the the, the, the next Diners drive, the Packers, I think, hold them at second or third down, and there's that phantom hands of the face on Kevin King, uh, which gives them a first down. Niners drive down. It's 10 nothing. It's 10 nothing, and so far the Packers have shot themselves in the foot and got a couple calls go against them. Fourth drive. Slight tip ball, but dropped by Adams on third and 13. Fifth drive. Rodgers misses Adams on second and eight, which he is currently not doing. Uh, and then they do this. They go for it on fourth down. Stuffed. Stuffed on a shotgun handoff, which at the time we were kind of talking about. Don't hand off on a shotgun on fourth and, like, one. Like, that's dumb. Um, the sixth drive. It's first and 20 after the holding call. First down screen loses five yards. Light gives up a 10-yard sack. They end up getting a personal foul on third down, on like third and 35. That pushes them forward. But then the next third down, Graham drops a ball on third and eight. So already you've got like, what, two drops? Two drops, a fumble, two or three, three drops. Maybe four if you count the Adams one. And a fumble, and then a phantom call on defense that kind of gifts the Niners some field position. Seventh drive. Misses the Adams, misses Adams on second and six, which again they're not really doing right now. Adams kind of slowed down on that, so I think that was kind of a, a misread between the two of them, and they both are pretty locked in right now. Then, very next drive, Niners get a long crosser for like a 70-yard touchdown. So suddenly it goes from 13 to nothing, so they scored a field goal in the meantime, to 20 to nothing. We're down inside a minute at this point. Adams drops a pass on second and six. Looked like five or six drop passes in the half. So Rodgers was slightly off target, but not that bad. It still hits him in both hands. Scott shanks a punt. Long catch by Kittle in the middle of the field. Long field goal. Puts it 23-0 at the half. Sets 10 points scored in the final minutes. That could have been 13-0 at the half. Easily, even with all those mistakes. 13-0, and suddenly it's 23-0. So that was kind of a boring rundown. But that in, that's eight, eight drives, which is quite a few in a half of football. Like three of them... Three of them uh, lose on drop passes. You had penalties. You had penalties on both sides. They shot themselves in the foot on some of it. But the takeaway that I took from this and watching is, you know, I watched that game and that final score is really, really bad. And we watched that live and we probably talked about that. I know we talked about it after the fact. And for the life of me, I don't remember what we said. But it, it felt terrible. It felt like they got absolutely killed because they did get absolutely killed. But if you look at what they're doing in that first half, like they were gaining yards or doing okay. They just had some, some drops that from, you know, maybe from some guys who drop. I mean, it's Allison, it's Graham, it's the, it's the usual suspects, but not like five or six and a half. So to me, the big thing, if the Packers play like they did this past week on offense where Rogers is on and guys are actually catching passes, I think I mean they've got a really good chance to win this game. It's not that 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 score, and I didn't really watch the second half because once you get to the second half, 
your your game plan kind of goes out the window because they end up scoring a, a touchdown at the beginning of the half and they give up a huge touchdown to Kittle immediately afterwards. So it's kind of the game your game plan's kind of shot by that point. But what I took away from that first half that was twenty three nothing at the half was it easily could have been easily could have been thirteen nothing even with all the mistakes they made if they just locked it down in that final minute of the half. But it also easily could have been you know ten ten or something if just a couple balls had been caught if they don't have that sack fumble. So just cleaning up play, if they play like they have been playing, I think they've really got a really good shot. So that's that's all I really got. They could even do what they've been doing, man. I'd, I'd do a little more rollouts. I think the Niners are a little susceptible to some rollouts. I'd go with that. But, I mean, really, if if they have roll out a plan like they did and they execute like they did this past week, they've got a really good shot. But they also got to bring their A game um, because the Niners, as we said, really good team on both sides of the ball. So uh, that was probably a bit more rambly than I wanted to be, but I hope that hope that kind of brings you back to kind of what that first game was like that first half and how the Packers kind of got in that hole. It was just, it was a weird, weird half of football that kind of got them in there. Yeah. And I think um, even a bunch of people are actually players wise are talking in the locker room this past, I think it was today. They were saying the game plan is a lot better than it was for that for that first game so i mean they're even acknowledging like they're openly acknowledging like you know what it wasn't a great game plan like it and like it got ditched really quick and uh, when you get out of your out of your comfort zone and you just start doing things that your team isn't good at i mean what that's exactly what's going to happen it's just going to snowball unbelievably quickly so yeah I, I mean, I think as well, like the Packers have to play a really, really, really top-notch game for to beat the 49ers, but I think there's a much bigger chance than the, you know, the national media has it. I think sitting at like a 10% chance that the Packers could win. That's what that's the number that's going around a lot, is that um that that's kind of the 49ers are that much better. And honestly, that kind of blows my mind. After watching these playoffs, after watching all these things go down, like Baltimore getting beat, Patriots getting beat, like the Saints getting beat. You can't tell me that, oh, no, no, this is exactly what's going to happen because it's exactly what people said was going to happen. Like the Saints were going to roll. It wasn't even a question. They were going to roll over the Vikings. And, you know, the the Titans were going to get just destroyed in the playoffs, and they've done what they do. So I think it's a much, much closer game than a lot of people are are predicting. So – Getting into the um, the most stuff Oreo bowl. I mean, that's pretty much what we're calling it at this point, right? Uh, Sarah picked the loser, of course, trying to you know fade the Packers and picked Seattle. Dusty and I both correctly picked the Green Bay Packers. So I'm sitting at fourteen and three. Dusty is thirteen and four, and Sarah is like five hundred games behind us. And she's annoyed and like doing her hair right now because she doesn't want to talk to us. But I will take my prediction first, and I am taking the Packers. I'm going to go 34-31 on a last-second field goal. I think Mason Crosby is going to uh, make Levi Stadium pretty, pretty quiet at the end of the game. And uh, it's going to be a celebration for the Packers as they go to the Super Bowl to play the Chiefs. Dusty, what are you thinking? Yeah, I've got... um... Man, I'm going back and forth. I like that. I'm going to go 27-24. I think that uh, with the Packers winning, I think if the if the Packers win this game, uh, they're going to have to play a good game. They're going to play a very good game, but they're also going to have to. I I assume like an interception of Garoppolo. Like I don't see, 
Uh, if the Packers are going to win this, I, I don't see them blowing them out. I don't see them putting up more than 30. Um, it's just they're going to have to get off the – I mean, I think that the Niners had a couple fumbles that they ended up recovering in the last game. So they're going to have to get those fumbles, pick off Garoppolo. Garoppolo is susceptible to some bad decisions. So uh, capitalize off a turnover. But I think it's going to be a hard-fought game. But, yeah, I'm going – I'll go Packers 27-24. Sarah, the uh, most stuff Oreos are going to be back in circulation in about a week, I believe. So you're covered on that, and don't worry about that. Why don't you just give us your score? You're she, such a. She's gonna, she's gonna kill you, Steve. <laughs> I know it's so fun because she's in Florida. It's like, ooh, it's so warm here. It's so beautiful. Nah, screw you. You got to eat five most stuff Oreos. Hopefully, they just when you mail them to me, they just melt. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, honey, oh, sweetie, I am not mailing you anything. You are to, you are going to spend the three dollars and fifty cents to buy your own most stuff Oreos. But what if they're not at my local store? Or if they're not at her public, Steve? Yeah. Oh my God, I'm no, no, no. They're nationwide. You're going to find them for another week. Have left me no choice but if I want to at least tie Dusty, have to pick against the Packers. So thank you for that again. Um. Mm-hmm. Just so everyone's aware of my misery, I have to pick the 49ers to win. They have to win, and I have to guess the score correctly in order to not be the ultimate loser. So basically, I'm already the ultimate loser. So (laughs) I am going to say that the 49ers are going to win, which hurts me a lot. And I'm going to say it's going to be 34-21. Okay. Now, as we did last week, we will give you the opportunity to give what you would really like to pick as your score. I would really like to pick the Packers winning 24 to 21. All right. There you go. I like it. I like it. And we will get, again, as if you correctly predict, this, predict the Packers score, I will absolutely give you credit for that because that means you tie Dusty or you'll get closer to Dusty. And then if you correctly predict the Super Bowl score, then you would tie Dusty. And then you guys can share most stuff Oreos, which would make me even happier because then there's videos of two of you fools eating the grossest Oreos of all time. Sarah's yawning. Yay. <laughs> Yay. I'm so, so dumb. This is just so dumb. <laughs> I've, I lo- I've lobbied to get rid of the game picking. Just I want this on the record. I'd lobby to get rid of the game picking because I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> no, you don't. So I you do. are fine when you pick, and then you picked the Vikings in Week 16. No, I don't. Like I've never like I've never liked um, picking games. Listen, I'm not gonna have to eat Oreos. There's no way that's gonna happen. This is not. This is not for me. I just I don't like it. I don't like picking games. I hate picking games. I really really do. But hey, you know what? Bra- brag about it, Steve. Go ahead. Sucks to it. suck, brother. I'm doing fine. I'm, mm-hmm. my, my life is perfect. <laughs> it's you no, know, it is very funny because I start talking about this, and as soon as I start talking about this, both of their eyes like roll in the back of their heads, like, oh god. It's like the one thing I get to hold over you guys, so I will do it until I cannot hold it over you anymore, and the season's over. So, actually, it is true. You have no other advantages on us. No, in, I got nothing in life in general. So it's fine. <laughs> nope not gonna do it not gonna do it all right let's do some closing thoughts sarah uh you apparently had something you didn't want to tell us beforehand so you could see our reaction to it so we're very interested what are your closing thoughts on uh, this week yes so next week's episode 
is drum roll one year anniversary of us podcasting together so that is fun and hopefully we'll be celebrating the packers winning the nfc championship game and going to the super bowl that would be ideal so let's hope that that's happening but i just thought that was really cool i found my old planner and i was looking through it and someone asked me like oh how long have you been doing your podcast and i'm like oh i have my planner i should check and i looked and january 23rd or 20 i don't even remember the day now but um (laughs) whatever next week's episode is it's late i'm tired um is our one year anniversary of when we did our first episode. So I think that's crazy that it's already yeah. been a year because I feel like so much, like it's gone by really fast, but uh, also so much has happened. So it's, I just think it's really cool. And then that hopefully maybe the Packers will be going to the Super Bowl after one year of us podcasting together. And if they do, you're welcome because it's definitely because we are podcasting together, but not really, but. <laughs> Pretty cool. That's awesome. That is very cool. Uh, side note, Dusty, I, mm. I I still can wear the Zadarius Smith jersey that you got for me mm. um, because I wore that for the Seattle game, and since they won, I am oh, definitely cool. – Yes. Uh, Dusty paid off our original bet from first banana, second banana, third banana, last banana, whatever it is. Nobody There's no knows. last banana, man. <laughs> it's top banana and then second banana, and I guess you can go third banana if you want. But my God, you know, you know, I'm trying to do it just to annoy you. Yeah. Guess what? It's working. <laughs> oh, yeah. We had we had originally said he was going to get a bottle of bourbon for me, but you can't ship bourbon. So, uh, yeah, the UPS or USPS does not really uh, like that kind of thing. So Dusty put in an order for me and got mm-hmm. a Zadarius Smith jersey, the home green. So I tested it out for Seattle and if they would have started losing immediately, I definitely would have taken it off. But they won, and I get to keep wearing it. So good vibes, obviously, for us. Yeah, while um, I was up there, we actually talked about the strategy. You were like, should I wear it this weekend? I don't, I don't we know. Did. We did. We <laughs> did. I, I wanted to make sure that that was like, what do you do? You get a new jersey right for the playoffs. Are you allowed to wear it? Do you need to wait until the next season? Um, and, yeah, it, you and I both agreed. It's like you put it on, and – if things start going bad quickly, you need to be able to switch your jerseys quickly. Yes. And so I had a plan in case that was going. I was going to switch to the uh, Aaron Rodgers Reebok jersey that I have still from when the oh, Packers uh, were the sixth seed and went on to win the Super Bowl. So that was the, I still have that jersey. Good luck. Okay, that's good. That's good luck. So every once in a while, I'll break that bad boy out if I think the Packers need that extra little juju for me. But um Zaria Smith obviously is a beast, and uh, no, nah, he appreciated me wearing the jersey. So that's awesome. all good things. All good things. My closing thoughts before we let Dusty uh, talk about everything he's got going on. Um, you know, there's a lot of negativity going on with Twitter and people talking crap about you know the 49ers, the Vikings, blah blah blah. I want to focus on the good. Um, last week, uh, Thursday, I was able to go out and meet. One of our listeners, Sandro, and I know Dusty Dusty met up with him. Maggie met up with him when they were in Green Bay. But uh, they were staying – they f- drove up to Milwaukee from Chicago from their flight from Germany. And he just said – he's like, hey, man, if you want to come down and have some beers, I'd love to talk Packers with you. And honestly, it's one, one of the coolest things I've done since joining this podcast because 
you know, we just sat and we talked about Packers football. We talked about life and it just made me start thinking about all the cool people. And I know we've talked about this before, but that this podcast has, has brought so many Packers fans together and, and getting to meet all these cool people and stuff like that. So it was just a really cool moment for me that I was able to go out and meet somebody who really appreciates some of our thoughts and things that we talk about. But um yeah, it was just a lot of fun, and I really appreciate the fact that I get to talk to you guys every week, and people listen to us and actually like what we put out somehow, some way. I don't always know why, but we love the fact that you guys actually do listen to us. So uh, it was a lot of fun to meet him and his friend, and um, I look forward. Uh, I look forward to the next year of doing this with you guys. So that is my closing thought, Dusty. Please uh, let us know all about what you got going on in the world. Uh, I've got quite a bit of stuff. Actually, before I get into that, I do want to say uh, one thing I was going to bring up for the numbers that I forgot. Uh, so I talked about some of the stuff LaFleur did differently against the Seahawks and kind of how that might nod to some different stuff going forward. So throughout the season, the Packers used twenty play action on 26.1% of their passing plays. This past game, 36.7%. And it, it's not just that this is like, well, they you know, the, the, it's it averages out during the season. Uh, they went, so it's 30, 36.7, so almost 37% this past game, against the Giants, who were the worst team in football this past year against defending play action. This is per Football Outsiders. Uh, they ran it 30% of the time. So seven more percent of the time against uh, against the Seahawks, who were like middle of the road at defending. So that, to me, just kind of kind of speaks to some game planning and switching some stuff up uh, for the postseason. So I just thought, I thought looking at that was kind of interesting. Um, so for my stuff this week, uh, I've got a video out. On that, like I kind of mentioned, that uh, the Devontae Adams Sluggo touchdown off the slant flat, that went up yesterday. I had been doing them. I actually created a YouTube channel to do them, uh, and they are now going to go up on the Cheesehead TV YouTube channel. So that's up over there now, um, and I, I don't know. I've been told not to read the comments, so I'm not reading the comments, but I'm happy with it. Uh, <laughs> so I hope you like it and learn something. I, I always have fun doing those. Um I've also got uh, my normal three articles I had yesterday came out uh, about my favorite pressure. That was the, uh, I didn't really have a choice. I didn't have a choice. I was going back and trying to figure out what to do. Is the Preston Smith third down sack that gave the Packers the ball back in the fourth quarter. Uh, it was kind of, a, kind of a fun little thing that got Preston Smith matched up man-to-man on a tight end. And Amos kind of kind of slow rushing, uh, kind of get uh, Afidi to not be able to drop back and help on that. So kind of a fun little rush that that... Not didn't seal the game, but got the Packers the ball back uh, in a game they would they would they would never give the ball back to Seattle. So that was a fun one to look at uh, today over on Cheesehead TV is my passing concepts. I've got a couple groups of things. Um, again, I kind of talked about. I, I opened it up with what I talked about the Adams running routes, a couple routes that had been run by tight ends this year. Um, I've got the two big third down conversions by Graham. I think it was his, his first catch of the game, and then his last catch of the game. Uh, the one that sealed it, and both of those were essentially off the exact same concept. Uh, so I kind of, you know, talk about what that concept is, kind of why that works, what they're looking for there, uh, and then I've got a bunch of other stuff on there as well. But I also wrote about Devonte Adams with uh, that second touchdown. That was that I mentioned earlier, kind of that the play action bootleg shot play with him kind of going back uh, to the left and how that worked um, and why that worked and why that's again, just another variation of something they've shown a thousand times during the season. So really fun. Um, like I said, LaFleur was, LaFleur was really, really on one this past week. And I got to look at quite a few of those plays for passing uh, the uh, passing chronicles this week, which was amazing. Uh, and then lastly on Friday. So tomorrow over on Packer report, I've got uh, something on an, a running back seam wheel. So it's something that was actually a flat, 
a throw in the flat to Sternberger, but I kind of I talked about how there's a they ran the seam wheel that they've run a bunch of times with Jones this year, say a bunch, like five times with Jones this past year, but they ran it out of a different look. And they didn't hit Jones, but Jones was open if they would have looked there. So kind of, again, one of those, something that looked familiar, but out of something that didn't look familiar that they showed and how that could kind of inform what's going on this next week. So a lot of really fun stuff, a lot of stuff to dream on. I also really loved, I didn't write about this, uh, Vitaly did not play, but Sternberger played a lot at fullback and played really, really well both in blocking and some of the receiving stuff he was doing. Um, that just made me really excited to see. Really excited to see Sternberger out there in that fullback role. So good week overall. I mean, we're celebrating a divisional round win, a trip to the conference championship game. How could it not be good? But so much interesting stuff uh, they did this week. So just just a blast to look at. I was going to say, I after watching that game too, I am so excited for Sternberger year two. Yes. Yeah. Like legit. Like this, I, I feel like... Once he has Rogers trust, like this kid is going to freaking explode and, and maybe it'll be George Kittle, like light. I don't know yet, but man, like I've, you've, some of the stuff that you've shown and some of the highlights and things like that, that people have shown him, like he's flying down the sidelines. Like he is blocking people. Like he, he is a full tight end, which, you know, we haven't had in a long time and I'm, I'm freaking excited about it. So. Yeah. I think that the thing, that's the thing that getting me, I mean, out of A&M, he played the one season at A&M uh, basically as a receiver and, and the knock on him, I, I kind of, I was looking at him a lot. I had to write something on him for cheesehead after the draft uh, so I kind of did a deep dive on him, but I also read this other place as well that like he is, he's a willing blocker. He was a willing blocker, but not a particularly good one. Um, he kind of would run. Uh, he would, he would try to hit his spots. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of energy. He just wasn't always great at knowing exactly what to do, but this, like these past couple games, he's been a good blocker. Like he did really good things. I thought in the blocking game this past week and tight ends typically don't do much their first year. So yeah, I'm right there with you. If he's showing, we know, I mean, we assume already once he gets rolling, he's going to be a good receiver. Like that's the part of his game that will translate. If he can, if he can block. Yeah. Holy crap. Next year's going to mm-hmm. be a blast. Mm-hmm. All right, kids. That's uh that's going to be a wrap for us. We are going to talk next week. Uh, apparently celebrating our one year anniversary. Thank you to the uh, secretary over there uh, who keeps the game logs for us. We appreciate that. And, God knows Dusty and I never would have known that. That's for sure. Um, she keeps game logs, but also has a log of all the terrible things you've ever said. So we need to oh, be no. very nice to her. Steve. I kind of I kind of think that we might need to run down a couple of the, the highlights, perhaps, of some <laughs> of the things that have been said. Because the, the thought behind it is Sarah will write down the, was it the worst thing that we said during the podcast or gen- the pregame? Gen- it's generally the worst thing we've said. Yeah, it's Sarah, Sarah's book, Sarah's Rules, but it's the, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's the worst thing we've said. Right, Sarah? Yeah. I. <laughs> and it's never anything Sarah says. It's never it's, anything I Sarah says. It's about 97% Dusty and Steve, and then about 3% what I have said. I think I have That's literally you one. You have one quote? Okay. But, uh, yeah, so, I I mean, the thought for her was that she wanted to do that for, was it the year two anniversary of the Pack-A-Day podcast? Yeah. Uh, Andy's not going to let us air that. I know what's on that, that <laughs> pad, and Andy's not going to let us air that. Well, half the stuff that has been recorded is stuff that we do not say when we Correct. are on Correct, yeah. Earth. 
Correct. I didn't rephrase. Let me back up. Stuff that you guys say before we start recording. <laughs> Allegedly say, Sarah. There's no, yeah. no, no recordings of it. Yeah, you just write it down. I mean, you can make this stuff up. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> we'll I know that tone. My wife, my wife has that tone with me quite often. Uh, but yes, we will we will be celebrating the one year anniversary of this trio getting together. So that'll be a lot of fun, and hopefully we'll be talking about a, a you know two weeks until the Super Bowl where the Packers are playing. So it'll be a lot of fun either way. We'll be breaking down the Packers game versus the 49ers and what we saw, what we thought. So. Dusty, Sarah, it's been fun. I will catch you guys next week, and um, we will be talking some Packers. So, as always, go Pack Go! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.